Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. We're continuing our series today on the book of Galatians. In fact, I titled this series, The Book of Galatians. So, uh, yeah, so we've really just been going chapter by chapter in seminary. It's called the expository process, where we go chapter by chapter. Sometimes we do a series that's thematic, where we're talking about something like honor, for example. We're going to have a, do a series in the, in the fall on honor, and we're going to talk about what Scripture says about it and what the Lord has to say about it. But we have been in this series on the book of Galatians. And today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at chapter 5. Chapter 5. Next week, we will do chapter 6, and that will be the end of that, and we'll be starting a brand new series that I'm really excited about out of the book of Hebrews. So uh, it's going to be really exciting talking about some of the fathers of our faith. So I'm excited about that. But today, Galatians chapter 5. And and, uh, if you haven't been able to be at every uh, one of these gatherings, please know that all of these teachings are online. Uh, you can find it at cfan.church and our, our YouTube channel as well. So uh, if you, you know, if last week you were on a jet ski somewhere, that's okay. But uh, make sure you check out chapter four uh, as it's summertime and people are on vacation and traveling. We want to resource you with that. And, you know, this entire uh, series, the theme of it is Jesus plus nothing, are you ready for it? Equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And Paul has spent the last uh, few chapters reminding this brand new baby church, these Galatians who came out of lives of paganism. They're now on fire for God and and, and, and there's been some false uh, doctrine and teaching that is infiltrated into this and religion has set its course in this little church and they're being instructed that now uh, Jesus um, is pretty great and what he did is pretty awesome but there's some other things too that you're going to need to to do and practice to be saved and so one of the things was all of you men who aren't circumcised it's time to do that now uh, you know if I just pulled that out of my back pocket today uh, I don't know how much longer CFAN would be around because because we're not doing that right uh and, and, and so, 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 so they were, you know, you'd have to eat kosher now and all these different things. And Paul's very upset about this. So he pens this letter. It's not even a book. It's a, it's, it's a letter that he wrote to this church. And, and we, we read it and you can tell that he's very upset throughout it. And so the chapters leading up to chapter five, Paul has been teaching on the doctrine of grace. Chapter five and six, you're going to see now that he's going to be moving into the application of grace now. How does grace play out in our lives? You know, I remember uh, when my daughter uh, was just about to be born. And, you know, my wife is a teacher. She's a researcher. She's a learner. And I like to say I am too, uh, but not so much on her level. Uh, And I can remember, um, I think we went into deep debt just buying every book that there was on parroting. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, she, she, I came home one day and she had like, a, like every book on, you know, babies and, and sleeping and all this stuff. And she's like, you're going to read all of these in the next six months. You know what I mean? Like, okay. And, you know, podcasts and, and different things we were watching online. In fact, I remember 
for like three straight months, every Tuesday night after work, I had to drive to the hospital with her and we had to sit in this room with a bunch of other people that were having their kids for the first time. And they just taught us on all the practicalities of a newborn. And so I can remember sitting there and and there, there's the lady up there, and she's now, this is how you put the diaper on, right? And there's a fake baby, you know what I mean? That little, little thing right there. And she's doing this number, and now you do over the top. And then you bring this side around, okay, and right now, take it over the top, just like that, and the whole thing. And, and, and then CPR, all the, all the things, right? And I was just, I was eating it all up, you know? And, and I, I just felt, I felt like I was, like, I was ready. Like, I was going to be, the, like, the greatest parent that ever lived as soon as that kid comes out but then she was born, <laughs> right? Like, and then I had to take her home. And then they didn't tell me at the, at the, at the learning center that there was these things called diaper blowouts. You know what I'm talking about? Like they didn't, they didn't prepare me for that. And ah, you're just, ah, just kind of like all in it with you. It's all over you and the whole thing. And, 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 you know, like, like I wasn't holding a fake little, you know, Toys R Us baby anymore. Like, I was holding the real deal, <laughs> a living human being with all of her mess and all of her mistakes and all of this stuff. And how many of you know that, that I, I, had, I had researched and I had the doctrine on what it looked like to be a parent, but then all of a sudden it was time for me to apply everything that I'd learned, right? And how many of you know that you can come here to CFAN every week and I'll, I'm going to share the gospel every time I stand on this stage, no matter what we're talking about, right? I'm going to deliver a message of grace and you can take notes and you can say, yes, pastor, and you can wave at me, which by the way, please do all that. That, that helps me out, right? But, but, but there's going to come a day where there's someone in your life that's going to need that grace, that you have. And so what are you going to do about it? You have all the information, but now you gotta, you got to deal with your messy aunt. Right? And, and so Paul, has, Paul is, he, man, he, he's, he's, been, he's, been, he's been swinging the club, showing you how the backstroke, the whole thing. He's teed up the ball for you. And now he's like, hit the thing. That's exactly what's happening here. Chapter five, he starts talking about what we do with this beautiful freedom that Jesus so sacrificially gave to us. Let's go to the text, Galatians chapter one, excuse me, chapter five, verse one. This is, this is what he says right out of the gate. This is what the word says. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, as I read, there's now going to be some verbs. Are you ready? Some action points. Are you ready? Here's the first one that Paul says. He says, underline it, stand firm. Then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's saying that old religiosity, throw it out the window. Don't bring it back here. You'll become a slave to it. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He says, get rid of that stuff, right? Use this freedom. Stand firm. Jump to verses 13 and 14. He goes on to say this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now watch. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, underline this. Here's another action point, verb. Serve one another. Like my friend Peggy on the front row. She, she's got this figured out. Serve one another 
humbly in love for the entire, someone say entire, the entire, not some of it, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Jump to verse 16 and 17. Paul goes on. So I say, now here, this is what I want to talk about today. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in, underline this, conflict with each other. Remember those old cartoons with like the, like the, like the Satan little, you know, uh, thing on the shoulder and, and the angel, you know what I'm talking about? It's like the flesh versus the spirit, right? So that you are not to do whatever you want. So the question is, how do I walk by the spirit? How do I walk by the spirit? You see, walking by the spirit is what we do when the desires produced by the spirit are stronger than the desires produced by the flesh. In fact, I, I, I put it up on the screen here because I, I want you to write that down. I'll leave it there for a second. Th this is the essence. Um, this is the, the foundation of what it looks like to truly walk by the Spirit of Jesus. Walking by the Spirit is what we do when the desires that are produced by the Spirit of Christ are stronger than the desires produced by our own flesh. How many of you know you got, you, because you're human, right? You have cravings for things that are not of God. And so, so walking by the Spirit is when the Spirit's desires in your life outweigh the other ones. Does that make sense, right? I can remember, um, you know, part of it too is walking by the Spirit has everything to do with what and who you're listening to. Do you know what I'm talking about? I remember uh, last year, literally at this time, uh, me and three of my close buddies, we climbed Mount Rainier. And uh, I always got to talk about it because it's like the greatest thing I've ever done. And I'll never do anything as great as that again. And I'll never even try it again. It was hell, right? <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, it was miserable, okay? And I got a cool picture, but man, I was in a dark place right there, okay? And I remember, I, I, I was always talking about it. Like, you know, someday I'm going to climb. I would say that at a dinner table or something like I never really, had, I didn't have a plan. But I would, finally one day, my wife said, you're going to climb that mountain this year. Like, I'm done hearing about it. You're going <laughs> to, yes, ma'am, you know. So with that, I had to get a plan together, right? And you know, how many of you know it costs a lot of money to do all that stuff, right? So every month I was putting away money, you know, and, 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 and part of it required like exercising and working out. And so my, three of my buddies, you know, like for a whole, literally 12 months, every Saturday we'd run hills and go to the stadium, high school stairs and all kinds of different weight training, the whole thing. And we had to climb some other smaller mountains to be able to do that one. And, and, you know, that picture, put that picture up there one more time, my, my, my brother, um, Right there, we're like a thousand feet from the summit right here. And let me tell you, it was like it was this morning, seven o'clock in the morning. I literally, spiritually and physically, like felt like I was on top of the world. I mean, as far as you could see, it was beautiful. And, and I have this picture on my wall for many reasons, but one of the reasons is uh, at this point in the climb, I'm, I'm, I'm literally telling God, I, I'm, to I'm totally cool 
to just meet him right now. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was fine. I'm like, I'm like, I'm done. Like I don't, I've, 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 I've lived a great life. You know, it's like, like I, I'm not going to make it. And you know what happened? My legs started talking to me like audibly, like I'm, they had mouths and eyes and they started to say, you need to stop right now. We are not going another step, right? We are done, right? My stomach, because you, you can't eat for like, you know, 10, 12 hours. My stomach was saying, I need to eat right now. And I was hearing all of these voices, right? And it was started to influence my production. And right at this point, I'm a thousand feet. And I was like, I was like seeing stars, you know what I mean? And, and the guy in front of me is pulling me with that rope. He's like, come on, man. And I'm like, oh, all right. And, but I started listening to all of these other voices. You, your body can't do this. You will not make it. If you make it, you're not going to be able to get down, right? And, 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 so, and so I had to wade through the voices and literally take control of every voice that I was hearing and, 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 and made it made those voices like submit to my will, right? And I kept going and I was able to get to the top. But had I listened to those voices, I don't know if I would have been able to make it. So, so part of walking by the Spirit, I'm telling you, there's voices all around you. There's cravings, there's pullings. And, and what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So let me give you just a couple of things here. Let, let me just give you three steps to help us know how to live by the Spirit. Can I do that quickly here? Write, write this down. I'm, I'm going to go back to the text here with this, this first, uh, this first uh, step. And that is, number one, understand that there is a great conflict. Write that down. Understand that there is a great conflict. Not just in the world. How many of you know there's some conflict going on in the world right now? Just turn on CNN and you're like depressed. You know what I mean? Like... There's a great conflict, but it's not just in the world. It's actually within ourselves as well. You know, I've, I've, I've said it before here, but I've heard people, they, they'll come to me and they're, they're just all shaken up. And I'm like, what's going on, bro? It's like, man, I, you know, I, you know me, man. Like, I love Jesus so much. I really do. But it's like I, like, I still make mistakes and I still, you know, have bad thoughts. And I, and I still just, I, I do things that is not pleasing to him. And, and like, I don't, I don't like, I don't know what to do about it. I keep having these urges and all this stuff. And I don't, I don't really think that this is what Jesus wants for me. And I always look at him and say, hey, bro, join the club. Right? <laughs> like, you're not getting away you know, getting out just because you said yes to Jesus. That I mean, we live in a broken world. We still have our humanity that's connected to us. There is someone who is called the enemy who wants to try and drag you down and all these voices and all these cravings and all these urges. It's all a part of it. And in fact, the apostle Paul was conflicted about this stuff. Look at this in, in, in the book of Romans. Chapter 7, verse 18. Look, look, what, look what he says here. He says, for I know. I mean, he's, he's upset. He says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desires. I want to so bad. I have the desires from the Spirit to do what is good. But I cannot carry it out. The flesh, right? This is the dude who wrote half of the 
you know, all, most of the, all, all of the New Testament, all these letters, revered, right? One of the fathers of our faith. He's saying, there's nothing good in me. I can't carry out what I know I'm supposed to do. The fact is there's a conflict. There is a war. And there's this misconception out there that says once you accept Jesus, everything just gets so much easier. <laughs> Miss Peggy will tell you that's not the case, <laughs> right? In many ways, it, it can get a little bit harder. But how many of you know that following Jesus, some of you saints in this room, we got some torchbearers in the house today. Take them to coffee and they will tell you that following Jesus doesn't mean your life gets easier, but I'm telling you, it gets a whole lot richer, a whole lot more fulfilling. When I stood in front of my, front of my brother-in-law uh, with my wife ten, 10 years ago, we committed ourselves to each other. Um, how many of you know that just because we got married, our lives didn't get easier? How many? I'm just being real today. How many? Of you like, how many of you know that? Like when you get married, like parts of your life it can get harder. Now, why is that? Well, because we both got a lot of stuff that we're working through, and so we just doubled down on it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm telling you, we've had some breakout, drag out. You call it what you want to, right? So it hasn't gotten necessarily easier being married. But I'm telling you, I'm a better man 10 years later. I have, a, I have a, my soul is richer because I married this woman. I'm more fulfilled. I've accomplished. I know it's not about accomplishing things, but man, I'm telling you, being in partnership with her, I've been able to accomplish so much more in my life than not being with her, right? And it's the same with following Jesus. You can experience the richness of what it means to be a disciple of the Lord. So if you're wondering here this morning about whether you walk more uh, by the Spirit or more in your own flesh, it's easy to find out. Are you ready for this? Because all you have to do is look at the fruit that your life is producing. And it'll, the fruit will tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It will tell you whether or not you're walking by the Spirit or just for yourself. And that's my second point. Begin to recognize your fruit, and not only your fruit, the season that you're in. It's huge. Write that down. It's good stuff. Let's go back to the text, Galatians chapter 5. Paul confirms this. It says this, verse 18 through 23. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We talked about what the law was a couple weeks ago. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And here they are. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that underline this, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, now here, you, you get, this is like one of the most famous <laughs> passages in the Bible. Here it is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And, and I think it's so important to note that Paul uses this metaphor of fruit, right? And the reason why he uses this metaphor of fruit to, des to describe this process is because he, he wanted to leave such an impression, like a, 
like a visual in our heads. He, he, he literally just goes botanical here so that the picture resides within us. And how many you know that fruit grows at different rates, right? Depending on the season. How many of you know that you can't, you can't physically see the process of growth, you just see the results of growth? I'm talking about, and it's all dependent on the seed. Sometimes there's rapid growth because it's summer and you got a bunch of water on those plants and the temperature is right and, and you see this rapid growth. How, how many of you have ever rebuked the blackberry bush before in your life? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where we live in, we live in University Place and we, we're butted up against um, a green belt and the New Tacoma Cemetery owns the property and they take care of the property, right? But man, there's this, this demon that lives behind my, my, my fence there. And every, you know, for a couple of months, coming, I, I always stand out on my, early in the morning on my deck and I just rebuke the demons of the blackberry bush, right? And the Lord, and then this is not the, this year, he will, demon of blackberry bush, you are not, I rebuke you, you have no access to my yard. You know what I mean? And then sure enough, I woke up this last, you know, couple mornings ago and there it was. I can't, you know, it's like hanging over, hanging. I'm like, ah, right? <laughs> What's that all about? Well, because it's summertime and, and John's sitting right here. He knows what I'm talking about. He's my, he's my master gardener over here. But I'm, I'm th- th- this thing comes alive, right? It's, it's all due to the season. There's growth, Right? How many of you know that there's this other season called winter where, 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 where the, that blackberry bush goes dormant and it's always misleading because I'm like, yeah, he's dead. Turns brown, the whole thing. I'm like, he's never coming back. How many of you know that in the, the season of the winter, that stinking blackberry bush is very much alive under the ground, right? And there's growth taking place whether I even know it or not. This is why it's very, 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 very important that when you hear somebody's testimony or their story, oh, you know, I said, yes, GM, I'm telling you, I've walked in. I, you know, the Lord provided a brand new Ferrari for our family and, and now we've all of our, we have a mansion and I'm telling you, we're gonna just literally take India for Jesus, our family and I, and all oh, the soul, and, like, and, they, and, and, and you're, you start getting like, man, I, I wish God would do something like that. You have to understand that they're just in a season of growth, right? It's summertime. But how many of you know that you're going to be in that season at some point as well? So you have to understand and look at what's coming out of you. What is the fruit that's being produced? And you saw the list of fruits there. Are, is there do you have more patience six months later after you've been praying for it, right? Like, like, and, then, and then understand your season. It's so incredibly important. And if you're anything like me, there's times in my life where my flesh is winning. Hello? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm just up here giving the talk. I'm not any better than you <laughs> whatsoever. I'm, I'm in a war with you, right? I got I to gotta fight this thing with the Holy Spirit inside of me, just like you do. But there's times in my life where my flesh creeps up and it's getting the best of me. Look at the, the verses 24 and 25. This is what the scripture says. Here, here's, here's how you deal with it. Are you ready? Paul lays it out. He says, those who belong to Christ, those who belong to Christ, watch this, 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. And he finishes uh, this chapter with this line. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Here's my third thought. The band comes back, and that is, Stop suppressing and start surrendering. Surrendering. I, I, have, I have preached this idea in different ways here at Church for All Nations on different accounts. And I was even thinking about it this week. Like, should I talk about that again? And the fact of the matter is yes. Because this is an area of my life and your life that we can really get hung up on. This is the problem that these baby Christians in Turkey are having, Galatia. That, that, that they're being told that you need, to, you need to stuff those feelings down. That flesh, you, just fight it on your own. You got it. You got to take, man, you got to just like white knuckle it out. And, 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 and that is not what Christ wants for you and for me. Paul is very clear. He says, crucify that stuff. Surrender that to Jesus. Let me tell you, you will never have more and better self-control just based on you trying to be self-controlled, right? You know, uh, when it comes to uh, lustful thoughts or whatnot, I'm telling you, I'm a man. It doesn't do me any good to just like stand in the Starbucks line when there's an attractive woman and just go, I'm not going to think it. I'm not going to think it. I'm not going to think it. And then all of a sudden I think it. I'm like, oh, God, I knew I'm like Paul. There's nothing good inside of me, right? The book of of John, it's so incredibly clear. Chapter 15. Do you know what the scripture, read it later today. John 15, the theme in there is that, get this, Jesus truly wants to be your friend. Meaning that he wants, to, he wants to do life with you. When you get in the car and you drive to Starbucks, he is with you in that car. You can actually have a conversation with him. Lord, I'm going to this Starbucks today. You know the barista there. She's not ugly. <laughs> do you know what I'm Can we just be real? Right? And today, I'm just going to surrender I'm going to surrender that flesh to you. When I walk it, will you be there with me, right? Telling you this is what he wants. And surrendering, here's the word, are you ready? It's not so much what you're giving up. Surrendering has way more to do with who you're giving access to feed you. Does that make sense? Like, Like surrendering is more about, okay, Who and what is feeding me, right? Who am I giving permission to, to feed whatever that thing is? And here's the word that not a lot of us like. Surrendering is truly about repentance. It's truly about being um, so close to Jesus that his spirit is constantly rubbing off on you. His spirit is convicting you of areas of your life. Not me or anybody. That's not our gig. We we are not here to convict anybody. My job is to love you and just to share the word of God regurgitated in a modern context. That's that's literally what my job 
is here as a follower and disciple of Jesus to love you and coach you and help you and you for me. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us, that nudges us, says, hey, bro, hey, sis, right? And as the, the closer you get to Jesus, that process will ramp up in your life. And if you're, if you're able to humble yourself and say, Lord, I blew it. I repent of whatever that thing is. Today, I, like before I walk out of this house, my apartment, as I get on that bus, I just, I want to open my day, start my day, the spirit of humility and repentance in my life. You paid for all of my stuff on the cross. There's still areas of brokenness in my life that you, Holy Spirit, are working on in and through me. But today, Lord, I just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man with hands and feet of clay. And I just, I repent. I repent. Keep me humble. Keep my, keep my thoughts on you. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow morning and go through the list of the bad things that are inside of me and say, I'm not going to do number six today. I'm not going to do, I'm going to fight hard not to do number nine. I don't know. I'm going to take that list, lay it at the feet of Jesus. Surrender it and just say, Lord, I love you. I repent of whatever it was that happened yesterday, the sins of omission and commission. There's sins that we don't even know about. It, it does you well to wake up every morning and say, Lord, wash me clean today. Paul said it like this. He says, I, I literally, my, I, I die to myself. I murder the flesh every single day. This is St. Paul saying this. So if he's saying it, I got some work to do. Right? So, so, so it's all about not suppressing it, but surrendering it at his feet and allowing him allowing him to do a new thing in you every single day. Stop paying your penance. Stop beating yourself up. I promise you, you will make a few mistakes this week. Just, it, it is what it is. That's, that, that's not, that doesn't give you permission to just do, live like that. Oh, I'm saved by grace and now I'm just gonna live however. No, 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 no. Because as you get closer to Jesus, the process of conviction and all of this starts to, that's what this is all about. And, and, and the desire of your heart becomes you wanting to look more like him, right? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.